Alton Gonzalez, can you tell us what a Savannah Bananas baseball game is like? Like, actually, how does it start? Well, Pablo, of course, it starts with the time-honored tradition that is Banana Baby. (laughs) Which, as everybody knows, it's when they grab an infant wrap him in a bananas outfit and raise him up to the sky like Simba in The Lion King. Of course, who could forget? This is Wesley, he's four months old, and he is ready to be introduced to Grayson Stadium for the first time. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for If you think, though, that you could just show up to a Savannah Bananas game with your baby and they're going to do the banana baby ritual on he or she, you are sadly mistaken, sir. There is a long wait list to get your baby eligible for banana baby. As a matter of fact, it is not uncommon for the women of Georgia to learn that they are pregnant. And the first thing they do is maybe not tell their significant other or a parent, (laughs) but actually put their soon to come baby on the wait list for banana baby. Wait, so there's a wait list right now as we speak for the next banana baby. A long, long wait list, Pablo. And I just want to reiterate here, because I think there could be some confusion, that we are still talking about a baseball game. (laughs) Yeah, Pablo, this is a baseball team. This is a team that operates out of the Coastal Plain League. It's a summer collegiate team, and they are basically pushing the envelope on baseball and entertainment and the cross-section of those. This is a team that employs a pep band. They have a dancing first base coach. Their cheerleading squad is made up of out of shape middle-aged men and they have a dance team that is made up of women in their late 60s. They have players who take part in choreographed dances and they star in movie parodies. They once had a guy pitch while wearing stilts. Take a look at Dakota making his banana ball pitching debut. And looks like got a decent leg kick for being on four foot stilts. They had a banana split hitter earlier this year. And that, of course, Pablo, is a guy who came to bat, did a split, and then tried to hit an incoming pitch. So the extra hitter for the bananas goes down into a full split. This is unbelievable. They had guys come up to the plate this year where their barrel was literally on fire. I'm going to say that again. (laughs) The barrel of their bat was on fire while they were hitting in a game. Now Zach Brillett comes up to the plate with his bat literally on fire. His bat is ablaze. The best way that I could describe them is they are part Harlem Globetrotters, they are part professional wrestling, and they offer cruise-like entertainment. So as the Savannah Bananas are taking a literal torch to the game of baseball, Alden, why should we care about this in a larger, more serious way? Pablo, because they represent an exaggerated version of exactly what Major League Baseball wants to be in this moment in time. They're a team that 
not only do they take a sledgehammer to conventionality, but they appeal to a younger audience. They engage with fans who are more casual baseball fans. They're zany, they're outlandish. Sometimes it feels as if they're a circus. And yet, at this point in time, Major League Baseball, a sport that's hesitant to change like no other, can really learn a lot from them. Major League Baseball's All-Star break is kind of like seeing your teacher in the audience at a Grateful Dead show. Like, the sport is looking not just relaxed, but almost suspiciously loose after many months of very seriously teaching history. And now, for a moment at least, they can let their hair down and do what they've secretly longed to do this entire time. So today, ahead of tonight's Home Run Derby, the most shamelessly indulgent of all the All-Star events, we peel back the layers of the Savannah Bananas, a team unafraid to argue that ridiculous, clearly invented fun can be more than just a midsummer reward for baseball. It can be the psychedelic salvation of the sport itself. I'm Pablo Torre. It is Monday, July 18th. This is ESPN Daily. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Alden, I do feel like we should start by noting that you typically cover like actual real-life Major League Baseball for us. That's right, Pablo. I am based in Los Angeles. I spend a lot of time in Angel Stadium and Dodger Stadium. I cover Major League Baseball as an industry. Traditional baseball is what I typically cover. And so how did you hear about this most untraditional of baseball teams? Well, number one, I, I found out about them the way most people do, and is that they're trending on Twitter. They always do so many crazy things with their pregame promotions, with the stuff that they do on the field. How about a dancing umpire? It might have you thinking, that's not baseball, that's bananas. And you'd be right. I mean, they do all these crazy things and they're always on Twitter. And I thought, wow, this is a fascinating thing to be doing at a baseball game. And I think the deeper that I looked into them, I just sort of saw them as an exaggerated version of what baseball was trying to tap into. And I thought it was fascinating that at a time when the narrative is more pervasive than ever, that Major League Baseball has sort of taken a backstage in the national consciousness. This small team operated from this one owner in his 30s has transcended all of that and has gotten to the point where they're incredibly popular. Fans 
line up to watch their games, even though it's a summer collegiate team, <laughs> and they stretch the bounds on what baseball can be by being bold and by not taking themselves too seriously. But this summer collegiate league, I do want to explain where they play and like where the Coastal Plain League, the home of the Savannah Bananas that you just referenced, where they fit in the professional baseball hierarchy, Alden. Like, what is the Coastal Plain League? So think the Cape Cod League, right? It's a very popular wooden bat summer collegiate team. A lot of the best collegiate players in the summer looking to get at bats, looking to get some pitches under their belt. They'll go to the Cape Cod League where they could be seen by scouts and where they could train year-round and face competition. And if you've ever seen the movie Summer Catch starring Freddie Prince Jr., yes, that is the Cape Cod League. Yeah, summer training ground for prospects. That is the Hollywood version of the Cape Cod League. And <laughs> the Coastal Plain League operates basically just a tier below that. But it's still a very prestigious league where you have serious prospects, guys who are going to get drafted. And the Savannah Bananas fit right into that structure. I mean, they've been wildly successful. They've had several players drafted. They've won the Coastal Plain League Championship. They won in 2016 and they won in 2021. So the Savannah Bananas, as zany as they are, they're part of that league very much. Okay, so this team is actually good. They're a good team in the Coastal Plain League, but they're also like a professional baseball team that is on acid, <laughs> Alden. And so how does it feel to like be an opponent of the Savannah Bananas as they're doing all of these insane things. You know, I'm sure it was really disarming initially, but then it got to a point where this team has etched it so much into its identity that it's just become a common thing in the Coastal Plain League every year. This is a team that calls itself the Bananas, right? So it's very apropos. They do so many outlandish things throughout the course of a baseball game. When you juxtapose that with a league that at its highest level, you'll have a guy flip his bat the wrong way and his teammate might get hit by a pitch because of it. Yes. This team does so many wacky things that everybody has not just become okay with, but have found a lot of fun. Let me tell you about something Pablo called three two twos. Third inning, second batter, Second pitch, the pitcher, the shortstop, the second baseman, and the center fielder do a choreographed rendition of the song, Let's Groove Tonight. Okay, the boys are getting together. Brian Cox, Dalton Malden, what do we have here? Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh, Kyle. And then at the end of it, the pitcher throws a pitch. <laughs> oh! The first time they did this, Pablo, they got 80 million views on TikTok. Jesus. <laughs> it's the spirit of what they do. You expect something wildly different from them every night, and every night it seems as if they surprise you. The other day on social media, I saw a video of one of their pitchers who all of a sudden is about to go into his windup. He rips off his jersey. He uses the baseball as a microphone. And oh my goodness, what's going on here? And the second baseman and the shortstop come in as sort of backup dancers. And then all of a sudden, he pitches and he strikes the guy out. <laughs> Christian Dearman, 
And it was just so much fun to see something like that. So you alluded to a 30-something-year-old owner of the Bananas, who is presumably Alden, the guy behind all of this. Who is he? How did he get into this? So Jesse Cole is an exceedingly energetic man who always wears a yellow tuxedo. (laughs) Before that, he was a collegiate pitcher whose career ended with a shoulder injury. He got an internship with another team out of the Coastal Plain League, the Gastonia Grizzlies. And immediately he tried to make them completely different from every other team in that league. So he read every book that he could find on Bill Veck, the eccentric former baseball owner, on Walt Disney, a man whose creativity he was really inspired by, and P.T. Barnum, who he still quotes to this day. P.T. Barnum said, without promotion, something terrible happens. Nothing. So he's a general manager of this team, the Gastonia Grizzlies, and he sees an opportunity to buy a team in Savannah that used to be the Class A affiliate of the Mets. They used to be called the Sand Nats. He buys this team, him and his wife, Emily. Immediately after buying it, they become more than $1 million in debt. Like right before the first pitch of their ownership tenure, they are $1 million in debt in Savannah. So what they end up doing is they decided they're going to go all in on this project. They sell their dream house in North Carolina. They move to Savannah. They empty out their savings account. They have no money. We were grocery shopping on $30 a week. So between my wife and I, who just got married, a few months married, uh, 42 meals between the two of us for a week, $30. And they buy this rented apartment. They set up an air mattress. We slept with our socks on because of the cockroaches. And one night, uh, my wife, I was woke up to screaming. And my wife was screaming because there was a cockroach that landed on my nose while I was was sleeping. Uh, It was disgusting. And they set out to sell eccentric baseball. And by the way, one of the most conservative states in this country. Sure. So he hires a bunch of recent college grads to be his front office member. They work out of a storage facility. They use an abandoned picnic table as a workstation. I mean, seriously, just sort of made-for-TV stuff. So Jesse Cole, he gets this new team. He goes in on it with his wife, and they're living in vermin-infested conditions. And this new team is something they need to renovate and also rebrand. And they need a name, Alden. How do they set about solving that problem? So they solicited fans on what their new team name should be. They got a lot of responses, but only one fan wrote in the bananas. We have a new name for the baseball team in Savannah, and it is... Savannah Bananas. Bananas. That's right. They'll be taking the field at Grayson Stadium later this spring. They figured that the word bananas symbolized the way they were going to approach baseball better than anything else. We could say go bananas. And we literally started thinking the extension of how this could be so fun. And the people in Savannah, the people in Georgia were in an uproar. Remember, Pablo, this is a sport that takes itself super seriously. Yes. Georgia is a hotbed for baseball, not just with the Braves, but amateur baseball as well. To call a baseball team the Bananas, when teams typically think of names that are either intimidating or that are a nod to that region's history. 
the fans there felt as if they were just making a mockery of this sport that they hold so sanctimoniously. And it caused so much anger in the region, but it also made them so much more popular than they already were. We've been waiting for the day. The Savannah Bananas are finally taken to Grayson Stadium for their home opener. So we sold that opening night. 4,000 people came after the fans watched the dancing players and the banana baby and the first banana. Every game sold out. And then later that summer, they actually won the championship for the Coastal Plain League. The Coastal Plain League championship coming back to Savannah. The Bananas win game three, nine to seven to claim the title. Go Bananas, folks. So a crazy thing happened, Pablo, as they navigated through that first season. What happened was that ballpark started to get filled up. And it didn't get filled up just because they were having success on the field. But it became very evident that the Bananas were not only doing a good job of drawing in casual baseball fans, but a Bananas game became an event that people wanted to visit, even if they had no interest whatsoever in baseball. And a lot of that had to do with some of the quirky stuff that they did between innings. They have a pep band. Baseball teams don't have a pep band. No. Their first base coach is a professional dancer who <laughs> does a lot of dance routines in between pitches. Wait, wait. So this is a guy they hired because he's great at dancing and they value that in this setting as much, if not more, than the actual coaching at first base. Yeah, I mean, think about what a first base coach does during a game, right? Like, I'm not trying to take away the value <laughs> no, of what these guys do right. in between, but they hold your helmet, right? Or you take a lead <laughs> and they're like, get back. You know, they, so why not have him dance? You know, so they had the first base coach dance. They had an umpire who, yeah, you could be calling balls and strikes, but why don't you break dance a little bit in between these pitches? They had a cheerleading squad that was made up of these out of shape middle-aged men. They call them the man nanas, of course. Mm -hmm. Or if you prefer a dance team made up of women in their late 60s that you could call the banana nanas. <laughs> Another thing that we should note here is they're a very fan-friendly team. So you get to the ballpark to watch a Savannah Bananas game. Every single member of that team greets you as you get out of your car. All the players. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. They like have a receiving line for you as a fan? They not only have a receiving line, but they also say goodbye to you on your way out. And you'll have players <laughs> come out. You come into a game, these players are there. The pet band is there. The cheerleading squad is there. The banana nanas are there. They're signing autographs. They're taking pictures. So they're celebrating you, the fan. Exactly. When you come in, when you come out, hundreds of them are just there waiting for you. Every ticket, $20 unlimited food and soda. That price has not changed wow. since the Savannah Banana started. They removed all of the advertisements in their ballpark. So the outfield wall was reserved for fans to sign it. Fans sign the outfield wall because it makes them feel as if this place is ours too. And Pablo, I don't think there's any better descriptor of just the kind of popularity that the Savannah Bananas have established than that the wait list for their games at their ballpark is currently 60,000 people. <laughs> so there's literally a whole stadium worth of people waiting on a list to enter this building. Yeah. Alden, you've been describing a phenomenon that feels both wildly chaotic, but also 
incredibly meticulous in its engineering? And did Jesse Cole have specific benchmarks that he told you about for his team's success? So what happened here was the staff of the Savannah Bananas gave themselves a challenge. And their challenge was they wanted to fill 17 two-minute voids over the course of every nine-inning game. And what I mean by that is they wanted to get to a point where they accounted for every dead time possible within a baseball game. And so they laid out very detailed scripts for every single game, where every minute of every moment, there was something happening that kept fans' attention focused on the field and not on their smartphones, like you'll see in the backdrop of every Major League Baseball game these days. Their competition is not Major League Baseball. Their competition is your attention. And that's why they push the envelope so much. After a quick break, we take this baseball experiment to the nth degree with the birth of something called Banana Ball. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. And you know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. I know I have. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Shopping for Father's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Father's Day. Whether you're shopping for your brother's first Father's Day or your Renaissance man grandpa, whose interests, of course, are all over the map, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and over. You can also sort by category, like cologne, watches, and more, or gift lists for items like, I don't know, your grill master or golfer in your life. You can also get top tech. From Beats headphones to JBL portable speakers. Or if you're looking for top brands, you'll find gifts from Calvin Klein, Polo Ralph Lauren, and Columbia. So what are you waiting for? Father's Day is June 16th and we'll be here before you know it. Macy's offers the ultimate gift guide to making selecting something special for dad incredibly easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. So, Alden, the Savannah Bananas began as this ridiculous, quirky baseball team within the confines of the Coastal Plain League. But now the Savannah Bananas are this product that has grown into something different, something even more absurd. So what exactly is Banana Ball? So, Pablo, earlier you described the Savannah Bananas as a baseball team on acid. Yes. Banana Ball is a baseball game. On acid. <laughs> and it's got very strict rules, but pretty absurd rules that have made the game a lot of fun. And let me, let me just walk through some of them for you. So if you step out of the batter's box, it's a strike, an automatic strike. If you attempt to bunt, you are ejected from the game, Pablo. <laughs> you are not allowed to visit your pitcher on the mound. There is a time limit 
of two hours. The game needs to end within two hours. I say that at a time when baseball games end in three hours, and that's a fast baseball game. Yes. This is one of my favorite rules here. If a fan catches a foul ball, it is an out. So they're involving <laughs> the crowd. Each inning is basically operating as its own entity, right? Making kind of like a match play format. So there's no blowout. You win each inning, and at the end, you tally up how many innings you've won. Hitters can steal first base. If there's a wild pitch, even if it's not on three balls or they swing through it for a third strike, they can attempt to steal first base if there's a wild pitch at any point in an at-bat. And then these next two that I'm going to lay out to you are really just sort of the foundation of banana ball and what makes it so thrilling for fans, okay? The first one, on a walk, a very typical thing that you see at any baseball game, walks are a major event, okay? Because as soon as you get four balls, you're a hitter, you begin to sprint around the bases to try to get as far as you can and the defense, their job is to throw the ball around so that every single one of their players touches it before you could get all the way around to score. <laughs> so you could turn a walk into a double, into a triple. It could end up in a rundown between second and third. If you're incredibly fast or there's a mistake made, you could turn a walk into a home run. The other one is what happens in extra innings. Every person on the field, everybody clears the field. There's a pitcher, there's a hitter, and a catcher, and nobody else. And it's basically just a showdown between this pitcher and this hitter. If the hitter puts the ball in play, the pitcher has to go chase that ball. <laughs> and the hitter tries to go all the way around to score before the pitcher can retrieve that baseball, probably somewhere in the outfield, and get it home to his catcher to tag him out. How do you even start an experiment like this? Where did that part of their story start? So Jesse Cole, their founder, set out to create a game that combated some of the, what he felt were just inherent flaws of baseball that make it maybe a little bit dull to the modern, younger audience. And so... He surveyed a lot of the people in the Bananas front office, and they sat down and planned this out for several weeks, just sort of different rules that could come into play. Nothing was a bad idea. They finally set on the template that they basically use now. And so they beta tested it at Lander University in South Carolina. They did this in November of 2018. And they were able to play nine innings in 99 minutes. It was an adjustment <laughs> initially, but... The players, to his surprise, adapted pretty quickly. The pitchers worked fast. The hitters, when they found out that there was going to be a strike called against them, they suddenly learned that they cannot step out of the batter's box. So the next year, they decided to try this. They did it in the summer of 2019, and they did it in front of kids just to sort of do it one time, get their players familiar with it. A year later, they did it in an inner squad game. It was a mess. A lot of the guys couldn't catch up to the rules. The walk thing where you sprint around the bases became a problem. And <laughs> I can just, imagine. Yeah, yeah, it was just a mess all over the field. But they did a post-game survey, and it came back very positive. The fans loved it with all the flaws and all they started to clamor for it. And so in the summer of 2020, they played a full-on exhibition game. 
Now, mind you, not part of the CPL league because they can't play that type of baseball there, but they staged an exhibition game for the first time and it went well. And it just started growing from there. So just to be clear here again, Alden, this is all completely removed from what an actual baseball game looks like and how it works, right? And as you said, Banana Ball is not even part of the otherwise respectable Coastal Plain League. So where does Banana Ball even get played? The only way the Bananas were going to make this happen was they needed to create basically what is going to amount to eventually as their own baseball league. So the Savannah Bananas have gotten so big that they operate as something of a year-round league. you got to understand that this exists as two separate entities. Mm. You have the team that makes up the Coastal Plain League season, where they do all these crazy promotions and they do all these things that are different. Right, and this is where they're the uh, summer college players on break who get to play with wood bats and, you know, preserve their NCAA eligibility by not being paid. Exactly. And then... Outside of that, though, as the years have gone on, they've continued to build this other league where they get professional players. A lot of these guys are minor league players in their off seasons or guys in independent ball or former minor leaguers. And they form basically two teams. And the goal has been to travel throughout the country, maybe eventually throughout the world with these two teams. This is where Banana Ball is staged. And this is what they think is the future, not just of the Savannah Bananas, but of an alternate form of baseball that they want to grow. Just to put this in the context, they just did a seven-city tour with Banana Ball this spring. They formed two teams, a bunch of professional baseball players formed them, and they sold out all the seven stadiums that they played in. There was a Friday game in the spring training home that's shared by the Nationals and the Astros in West Palm Beach, Florida. The Astros played a day game that day and they drew 1,500 fans. The Bananas played afterwards. They drew 7,500 fans (laughs) playing Banana Ball. And so how central is this to their ambitions now? Because they could be the most fun, weird, psychedelic team inside of the constraints of baseball's rulebook, or they could try to further develop an entirely different version of the sport itself. I think that's it, Pablo. I think they see this as their future, something that could really differentiate them from any sort of traditional baseball game. They want to continue to grow banana ball. They want to tour through more cities than the seven that they did earlier this spring. And Jesse Cole has a goal of playing in front of a million fans by 2030. And he thinks he could get there just because of how quickly Banana Ball has taken off. They've gotten to a point where you have major league teams that are asking them to come out and play an exhibition game of Banana Ball in their stadium because they Mm. feel like they could fill it at their stadium because it's become that popular. And so there is this Harlem Globetrotters aspect to this now where professional teams are inviting them into professional stadiums. Yeah, because they see it as a show. They see it as a show that's entertaining that people want to watch. And I think the reception from the American audience has been undeniable. But this is also where we should probably make peace with the fact that we're never going to get Giancarlo Stan to come out on stilts and we're never going to see Max Scherzer saying, how deep is your love before he throws a pitch? And so practically speaking, 
then. What do you think Major League Baseball can actually learn from Banana Ball and the Savannah Bananas experiment writ large? There are elements of what the Savannah Bananas do, what they strive to do, that I think are incredibly relevant to the state of baseball right now. And if you look at just the way that they've been able to eliminate dead time in their games, the way they've quickened the pace of game. In baseball, their goal right now, they're hyper-focused on increasing action. It's why they've beta-tested so many things in the minor leagues, from pitch clocks to bigger bases to eliminating foreign substances so these pitchers are not throwing all these nasty pitches so that maybe more balls are put in play. Mm. The Bananas have mastered that, but they've also shown that they can appeal to a young audience. And a lot of people, Jesse Cole included, will tell you that baseball is nearing something of a crisis point when it comes to engaging the young audiences, when it comes to elevating itself again as something that really deeply resembles the national pastime. And when that occurs, you can get very inventive ideas and you can do the types of things that put fans first that ultimately make your game better and grow your sport. They're never going to do all the outlandish things that the Bananas do, nor should they. But they could learn a lot about how they don't take themselves seriously and how they emphasize a faster-paced, more action-packed product and make that a priority. And look, to Major League Baseball's credit, they're trying. They see the urgency in this. I think what the Bananas have done is they've mastered it. So what you're saying, Alden, is that necessity is the mother of the banana baby. Well done, Pablo. And if you want more of the Savannah Bananas, be on the lookout for a four-part series called Banana Land that's coming to ESPN Plus in August as the team embarks on their world tour where they preach the religion of banana ball to the masses. Until then, I'm Pablo Torre. This has been ESPN Daily, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.